Welcome to Speak It On. This program is designed for the edification and entertainment of the listeners and not designed to be representative of a church, nonprofit organization, or denomination. Opinions expressed are solely those of the host. Hey, hey, welcome back. As always, thank you for listening. And if you've seen uh, L.A. Blackburn's books on Amazon, I appreciate that as well. And anyone who is on Patreon for Speak It On, I appreciate you as well. Every little bit helps. Today, let's look at a topic. This is one of these theology school things. But let's look at what they call homiletics. Now, homiletics is a really fascinating uh, and a fancy word for preaching. Now, it's fascinating is that one person that I really, really enjoy is Hayden Robertson. Hayden Robertson actually uh, taught uh, homiletics at Dallas Theological Seminary and uh, had some connection with Gordon Cronwell Seminary. I took a course at Gordon Cronwell Seminary in church history with under Garth Rizal through the ITS program. And uh, it was really, really good. I've got a lot of really good things to say about Gordon Cronwell. So, Aidan Robinson, he's a preacher that I've mentioned to you before. And I also would like to tell you about a book he's written. It's called Biblical Preaching. Subtitle is The Development and Delivery of the Expository Message. So, while we look at homiletics or preaching, specifically what we're going to do is we're going to go into expository preaching. And immediately, I don't want you to pass out because you're probably thinking, oh my gosh, this is going to be Snoresville. This is going to be so boring. Actually, not so much. Preaching can run the gambit, uh, even in Jesus' day. And uh, what's interesting is that from a communications perspective, okay, and that's where I come from, uh, master's degree in communication, and I started my communication public address career in high school. I won't tell you how long that was ago, but here's the thing. Uh, and won some competitions and went on from there and then decided, hey, this is really cool and I super liked it and seemed to be good at it. So I went and got a master's degree and taught three years uh, as a teaching assistant at uh, the University of North Texas. So and that was before I got my theological degree. And during that period of time, I was bivocational as far as ministry went for music in churches and also preached from time to time. Not regular, but from time to time. Now, with all that 
said, which that's kind of boring, Hayden Robinson, uh, I audited a course that was offered online by, uh, I forget what seminary it was, Biblical Studies website, and uh, he mentioned three things. And I've mentioned these before in previous podcasts because I really think he's brilliant. He said that the job of a preacher is to bridge the ancient to the modern. Okay? Bridge the ancient to the modern. Jesus' time was over 2,000 years ago. So you've got to bridge it. And then his statement was bridging it included culture, history, and the languages. I couldn't agree more. In fact, you've heard me say there's another category that I would like to throw in on that, and that would be the archaeology as well. But Hayden Robinson thought that stuff up, okay? And I, and, you know, and he's... when he was with us, he's with Jesus now, but when he was here, very humble man. Uh, but in his book, Biblical Preaching, I want to read a section to you that I think is very telling. All right. It's chapter one, actually. And it talks about a case for expository preaching. But then it has a subsection in here called the devaluation of preaching. Okay, so bear with me a sec. I'm not going to read the whole chapter, okay? And it's going to feel like it, but it's not. This is kind of short. So, starting with Dr. Robinson's uh, chapter right here, he says, This is a book about expository preaching. But... It may have been written for a depressed market. Not everyone agrees that expository preaching, or any sort of preaching, for that matter, is an urgent need of the church. The word is out in some circles that preaching should be abandoned. The moving finger has passed it by and now points to other methods and ministries that are more, quote-unquote, effective and in tune with the times. To explain why preaching receives these low grades would take us into every area of our common life because preachers are no longer regarded as the intellectual or even the spiritual leaders in their communities. Their image has changed. Ask people in the pews to describe a minister, and their description may not be flattering. According to Kyle Hosselden, the pastor comes across as a quote-unquote bland composite of the congregation's quote-unquote congenital, ever-helpful, ever-ready-to-help Boy Scout as the darling of the old ladies and as sufficiently reserved with the young ones as the father image for the young people and a companion to the lonely men 
and's the affable glad-hander at teas and civic club luncheons, end quote. In that description, if, excuse me, if that description pictures reality at all, preachers may be liked, but they will certainly not be respected. Now, I'm going to skip down to a chapter here, and, and then I'll end it for this segment. He continues and says, More important, perhaps, is that some ministers in the pulpit feel robbed of an authoritative message. Much modern theology offers them little more than holy hunches, and they suspect that the sophisticates in the pew place more faith in science text than in preaching text. For some preachers, therefore, fads in communication become more alluring than the message. Multimedia presentations, videos, sharing sessions, blinking lights, and up-to-date music may be symptoms of either health or disease. Undoubtedly, modern techniques can enhance communication, but on the other hand, they can substitute for the message. The startling and unusual may mask a vacuum. Now, why do, I, why do I get into that? Expository preaching. Alright, so expository preaching, when you say expository, what you're really saying is that the preacher takes the biblical text, a section of it, and goes line by line, text by text, verse 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. They go right in a row. And they explain. An exposition is an explanation. The text, in context... So what are, what are they going to do? They're going to tell you, okay, this is the person who's writing this. Who this is who they believe it's writing writing this. This is why he's writing this. This is who he's writing it to, and so forth. And explain the message from there. There are fewer and fewer preachers that do that. One that comes to mind is John MacArthur. He does expository preaching, and there are many others. It's just John's Pastor MacArthur comes to mind uh, because of his sparkling personality. But anyway, uh, I'm sorry, that was kind of snarky, but uh, he can be really dogmatic, and, and I can appreciate that. I can appreciate that. But here's the thing. Expository preaching is really explaining the Word. Now, you may be thinking, okay, well, okay, I mean, didn't every pastor do that? Didn't every preacher do that? Well, okay, so if you're going to kind of compare that to something, you have to compare that to thematic preaching. All right. Thematic preaching basically is where I take a topic. Let's say, as a preacher, I want you to just be nicer to people. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through the Bible and I'm going to grab different passages from different places and different texts and different situations where people were nicer to other people. 
And I may even give you examples of where people were horrible to other people, for example. Um, well, as far as the being nicer, if I'm saying, hey, this is what I want you to do. Okay, I want you to be nicer to people. So I may pull up the Good Samaritan text and read that out of the Gospels. And, and then we'll go through that. Uh, but there may be others, right? Uh, then uh, when I say, oh, here's an example of somebody's being mean to somebody, I might get into uh, the text where... King David was uh, going through the land and this uh, particular villager starts cussing him and throwing stuff at him. And the guy's wife, who I believe his name, her name was Abigail, I believe, uh, pleaded that the king did not kill this man <laughs> because he was really being a jerk. So... I can use that as an example of somebody who's just being really just a jerk. So, now, is there anything wrong with that, essentially? No. But, the complication with thematic preaching is that you can really drift with that stuff. Uh, you can drift, and number one, uh, if, a lot of thematic preachers don't really go into depth of the context where they're pulling all of their their particular passages from and they'll tell you well that's not necessary well yeah it kind of is because the context uh tells you what's going on with that particular passage where it's at is now um well they'll argue in some ways and this may be setting up a straw man but one argument i can see off the top of my head might be you know well as long as as long as it's biblical and you know that's what God wants, then what's the problem? The problem is, is you might as well just give somebody a sociological study and pat them on the head and tell them, you know, if you'll be better to people, it'll make life easier for people. You really don't, in some ways, have to back that up with the Bible. Now, why do they back it up with the Bible? Because they're preachers, and they're getting paid to do that. That's what preachers are paid to do. Unless they're bivocational, and then they don't get paid a lot, but they're still, you know, getting paid to do that. Now, what's harder? Expository preaching. But it's more thorough. Because in expository preaching, uh, you may use other passages that are similar, but what you're going to do is you're going to take that one passage and you're going to teach it to the people listening. You're going to explain it, you're going to teach it, you're going to dig into it. What you're going to do is you're actually going to feed everyone. So thematic preaching a lot of times lends itself to people who just really don't want to get deep. They want to stay babies. They want to stay fat little Christian babies. And, you know, uh, what's the matter with a fat little Christian baby? Well, have you ever tried to get a baby to rescue you? 
Have you ever tried to get a baby to uh, help you financially? They're not real good at it. Why? Because they're not ready. Expository preaching helps you grow. Because it can give you milk at one level, but it can give you meat and, and progress. So you take what you can, and then you grow and chew on the rest of it. So, I really, really tend to lean to expository preaching. That line-by-line situation. Why is that? Well, also because it's an anchor. Because you get to learn something. Who wrote it? Why did they write it? As opposed to me wanting to blow sunshine up your nose. And believe me, thematic preaching can be very encouraging. And I don't knock it for that purpose. But I'm telling you, on a regular diet, uh, you might as well pull a book you know, by Tony Robbins or, or some, huge, some famous athlete. Pull, you know, an inspiration from them. Grab Zig Ziglar's books or something. Because here's the thing. If, if, if really all you're wanting is, is a motivational boost, the complication with those boosts is that they don't last very long. What you need is long-burning fuel. Long-burning fuel is meat of the word. That means you have to have someone who's got the guts to explain the scripture for you to chew on it. They really, you know, um, Bible study and even the Christian life is not like picking lilies in the field. It's more like digging for diamonds or gold because you have to work at it. And it's worth the effort because when you get that gold and you hold it in your hand, when you get that diamond you hold it in your hand, you're thinking, man, that's fantastic. And you're rich. You're way rich. You pick lilies, they're great. The flowers in the field, they're really pretty. But what? what happens? They die really fast. Especially when you pick them. So... Preachers today are feeling more and more pressure. If I'm understanding, Doctor. Now, by the way, this book, the one I'm holding, was is a second edition. It was printed in 2001. Okay, so that's a long time ago. But even then, Doctor Robinson knew through the Holy Spirit the way things were going, and he was right. Now, it seems like what we want is a show. We want to show up for a show. You want the, you know, if you want the pastor to just blow your mind every time, and you want a rock concert every time, no, not knocking rock concerts. Well, too much. But uh, as far as the music style goes, okay, because I like... I like the modern music style just as much as I like the old stuff. But here's the thing. If all you're looking for is a show, 
you're not going to grow. Because a show, once it's gone, once it's over, you're looking for the next show. What God wants you to do, He doesn't want you to show up for a show. God wants you to make a show. He wants you to put on one. He wants you to be center stage in the next production. And he wants a three-act play, Shakespearean style. He wants you to do that. But you can't do that if all you're doing is showing up for quick bites. Quick bites. Going to get a quick bite of God. Quick bite of God. Quick bite of God. If you can't, you can't grow that way. And the problem with not growing is that is that the more mature you are, the more hard stuff you can deal with with God because he's closer to you, your relationship is stronger, his strength can flow through you so that you can be held together when the crazy stuff that this world has to pound you with happens to you. That is why you want to grow. So, with that in mind, when you go to church, or if you're checking out a church, listen to the pastor's sermons. And ask yourself, is this guy blowing sunshine all the time? Is is he just thematically doing stuff? Okay. And, by the way, once again... Set the matter with a thematic sermon, okay? But are you getting a steady diet of it? Is that, is that all he's doing? Because, you know. Or is he expositorily showing you the wonders of the Word of God? That's what, that, that's what I want you to ask yourself. And ask yourself are, are you showing up for the show, or do you want to grow? So, with that in mind, I want to encourage you to keep on speaking it on. To this edition of Speak It On, and as always, don't be afraid to speak the word in boldness and truth. And may God bless all of your efforts.